0: really the full study, I just knew that God wanted us to move in the vein of the Holy Spirit because in the church, um, and this may be a new subject to you, you may have heard uh, the topic of the Holy Spirit spoken about before, Um, you may have uh, experienced the Holy Spirit moving in a church service before, and you may not. This is for the whole spectrum. This is for those that are completely ignorant to the Holy Spirit and, and to how he moves and how he operates. And this is for those that may have seen it happen because I have found uh, in, in, in my life uh, that both sides are damaging. There are some people that have seen moves of the Holy Spirit in services and it has literally scared them or freaked them out or made them think that this Holy Spirit is, is a kooky thing and a freaky thing and they want nothing to do with it. But then there are those on the other end that uh, don't know anything about the Holy Spirit and don't know how he operates. And I don't know about you, but you uh, I know that I've heard people express the Holy Spirit um, as a feeling, or as a power, or as an emotional thing, or as a presence. And that's why we started out the very beginning of this series not talking about the power, not talking about the gifts, not talking about... Uh, people falling out in the Spirit, not talking about tongues and interpretation and all these signs and wonders. Those things are awesome, and we'll get to those. But I first wanted to introduce you to the person of the Holy Spirit. And too many people have gone after the gifts, or too many people have gone after the power. I want to receive the power. I want to feel His presence. I want the emotions. I want the, the crying and the weeping. I want the running around the building. I want the falling down. But they don't ever want to get to know the person that all those things are associated with. And I told you, uh, you know, for example, with Matt, if I want to receive the full blessing I can from Matt, I want to build a relationship there. That's why it's so much better than just hiring some, some guy off the street to do the work. And there's no relationship there. that He's just doing work for me. And that's all I get. That's the, I'm limited to that level. But with Matt, I'm, I'm limited to being built up. We've had edifying conversations over the past 48 hours. Uh, we've been continuing that relationship. I know this guy. I mean, we go back eight years uh, and and, and seeing the construction. I know what he's capable of doing here at this church because because of what I've seen him do in the past. And see, a lot of people don't know what the Holy Spirit is capable of doing in their life because they've never built the relationship. The Holy Spirit is just as capable of speaking through you into another person's life in a tongue or a prophecy as he is to tell you right from wrong. But nobody knows to listen to the Holy Spirit to keep from doing right, or to know right from wrong, and so we're just going through this life thinking all I do is screw up, all I do is jack everything up, all I do is mess up. And we looked at Paul and his testimony in um, in First Corinthians, or in Romans, in Romans chapter seven, when he said. Wretched man am I. This wretched man, what a sinner am I. I want to do this, but I do this. And I don't want to do this, and I do this. What's he saying? My life before Christ, my life before the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I didn't know how to actually fulfill what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know how to actually act that out. But now that Christ lives in me, now that the Holy Spirit has made his home within me, I now know right from wrong. And have the ability to do right from wrong. Remember we looked at our job descriptions. And we saw that Jesus said that he was a helper. He was actually a helper. Did you know that God does not intend, you to go, intend for you to go through life doing this all on your own? Doing this all by yourself. We have a helper. He's a teacher. See, nobody wants to talk about the Holy Spirit as a teacher. Because that's boring. We want the gifts and we want the power and we want the signs and the wonders. But the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He will teach you things. We said that He will show you things to come. If you've ever wondered about your future, if if you've ever wondered about what am I going to do here, oh God, what do you want me to do there? Should I go back to school? Should I take this job? Should I move to this city? Should I go and help with this church? The Holy Spirit will show you things to come. He will bring things to your remembrance. He will bring the Word back to your remembrance. Remember, this is what we talked about. I'm doing a little bit of review here. The Holy Spirit will bring things to your remembrance. He'll show you the Word. The Word, as you study it and as you put it in you, when the time comes for it to come back out, He will bring that to your remembrance and He'll help you speak forth the Word. So this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And a lot of this stuff has been overlooked. This stuff has gone by the wayside because all that people want is the power and the gifts. And then uh, this last bit of the series, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And tonight we're going to finish that out. And remember, we said the fruit of the Spirit is so important because a lot of churches and a lot of people want to get the gift out in front of the fruit. God has given us spiritual uh, abilities. He gives us gifts of the Spirit. But, And I've told you before, I have seen in my own life where people who operated in gifts of the Spirit, I mean, they could give a tongue, they could give an interpretation, they could give a word, but when it came to just having... Good character, they were terrible people. And so now we're wondering well, how in the world could this person be used in church in such an awesome way, but then out here gossip about people? And outside the doors find themselves in a bar? Or outside the doors find themselves cussing people out? Just where's how is this possible? And so we saw that the gifts of the Spirit is how God wants to move through you. To help other people. See, God loves you. God loves you so much that he will use man to work on his behalf in your life. But you still have a responsibility to live right before people. And to have proper conduct and character. And we saw the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness. And so we got people that in church can sing great. In church, they can, they've got a gift of prophecy. In church, they can give a tongue, interp- but they can't show up to work on time. They, can't, they, don't have a, they don't have a love walk. They're some of the most depressed people you'll ever find outside the church. But in here, man, they can put it on, and they can wear it. So this is why we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not gonna, we're not jumping into the gifts of the Spirit and the showy stuff. Because we want to first learn how to have proper character and have proper conduct. And this is a work in progress. See, a gift or a talent that is obtained. I knew how to, I had a gift since I was a child to play the drums. And I could do it. But you know what? I had a choice. I could play the drums in church for the kingdom, or I could play drums in the world for people and to entertain. And to have people tell me how awesome I am, and and how awesome that show was, and and for my own glory. The gifts and the talents, if you don't use them properly, they can end up glorifying you. But man, the fruit of the spirit—that's to glorify God. The whole the whole reason for the fruit of the spirit is to glorify God, is to glorify the Father, and that's what we're going to look at tonight. Amen. If you would turn in your Bibles to John chapter fifteen. John chapter fifteen and. And I've told you, you know, uh, I can get to points. In fact, uh, if you were with us on Sunday, man, we were all over the Bible. Well, I mean, I, I think I had a, uh, your Bible got a workout on Sunday if you were here. But I told you on Wednesdays, I like to stay relatively close. I don't like to jump all around because this is stuff you have to digest. This is stuff you have to meditate on. This is stuff you got to chew it up. Uh, this isn't a Slim Fast message. And what I mean is you, you ain't sucking this thing through a straw. We're chewing this thing. We're meditating on it. We're, we're digging into it. So I stay relatively close uh, because I want you to get the gist of what I'm saying, not just you know, flip through your Bible all night long and feel like you got something accomplished. So let's look at this in John chapter 15. We're going to stay uh, right here in this chapter. We're not going to move off of it very far. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you speak through me tonight. I thank you that you make this evening productive that I have your words to say and only your words, that I speak only what you would have me say. I thank you that we have good soil here tonight, ears to hear, eyes that are open to receive from the Word of God, teachable, and Father, I thank you that we will walk away from here hearers and doers applying the Word and seeing the fruit of it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Verse 1, John chapter 15, verse 1. I am... The true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So notice here, right off the bat, that both the one that bears fruit and the one that isn't bearing fruit, both get cut both have pruning taken place okay so don't go through life thinking that if you do everything right that you'll never have to cut everything off and you'll never have to adjust something you'll never have to tweak this we will always for the rest of our lives go through a cutting and a pruning and a cutting and a removing every transition that you go to requires you to cut away something from the previous transition. From the previous level you were at. Every time. God is a God of levels. God is not a God of, let's just dump the five million dollars on you now and you figure out how you're going to spend it. He's a little bit here and a little bit there. He doesn't reveal it, but the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are order of the Lord. Not the entire path. And I'll tell you right now, if he were to show you the entire path, it would scare you and you wouldn't do it. I promise you that if, if God showed you today what you would be doing for him in the next seven, ten years, I'll tell you right now, if, if God showed me what I'd be doing today and what I would go through to get here, I wouldn't have done it. I've told you all before that, you know, if you go back seven years ago, eight years ago, um, I was not a big fan of kids. I was not a big fan of kids. And it was mutual they weren't a big fan of me and if we just didn't if we just didn't look at each other we didn't make eye contact and we just kind of kept to our sides of the room we were all right when I was in Bible school we had an assignment uh, that we actually had to work with the uh, children's ministry there uh, that was one of our assignments we had to take one morning and we had to work with the uh, uh, pre Kers or uh, yeah pre-k and one service with the elementary Two separate services. And I, it scared me half to death being in there. I, just, I was hoping that I could be in a corner somewhere and I didn't have to touch them. I remember working with the elementary because you actually had to sit with them. You couldn't sit on the back row and just watch them from a distance. I had to sit among them. Yeah, sneezing and spitting and talking and... You know, and, and they talk around me and, you know, doing stuff that would normally get them in trouble. And for the sake of not having to talk to them, I'd let it fly. And i just sit there and just look straight ahead. Don't look to my left. Don't look to my right. Don't look at this kid turning around, making faces at me. Just another hour. I can do it. Another hour. Yep, we can make it. I was not a big fan of kids. So, if God would have shown me at that point, you're going to be a children's pastor, for three years, before you go to the calling after that, I'd have said, no thanks. I mean, I would have, you know, you know how it is. You, you, I would have had that thought, ah, that's, that's not of God. No, nope, nope. There, there's a different plan. I wouldn't have moved to Florida. I'd still be out in Texas doing who knows what. And now I have my own son. I love kids. I love children's ministry. It's one of the most valuable things in church on the face of the planet to me. And, and, and I will, I will never under, underestimate uh, the children's ministry in any church, period. And I'm excited to have them in here tonight. And I'll let you know, parents right now, they ain't bothering me one bit. They might bother you because uh, they've been around you all day long and you are hoping, yes, I get to go to church and put them in children's church and just go and be free for a couple hours. But we're building those rooms. They're coming. Amen? That's why we got them coming. But if God showed us the whole path, if God revealed that whole thing to us, how many of us would actually walk that out? How many of us would actually be obedient to do that? Okay? So He He ordains the steps of a righteous man. So but there's there's cutting and there's pruning that takes place. If you're bearing fruit, plan for the rest of your life to be cutting and pruning and, and have the pruning taking place. And then if you're not bearing fruit, they get cut off as well. Verse 3, you are already clean because of what? The word which I have spoken to you. You realize that this word makes you clean? No matter how much you don't feel clean, no matter how dirty you may feel, no matter uh, uh, how sinful you may feel, the word has made you clean. Past tense. This goes back to seeing you, seeing yourself the way God sees you. That's the biggest struggle. Christians don't struggle because God hasn't brought them to a certain place yet. Christians struggle because they don't see the place that God has already brought them to. The responsibility is on us. And it's one of my biggest responsibilities. Your pastor is to speak to who you are today. There is so much in the world that wants to tear down who you are today. There is so much in the world. I mean, there there are songs, Christian songs, that speak to who you used to be. And speak of you as still being a sinner, saved by grace, still trying, still trying to get better, still trying to do this, still trying to do that. I don't speak to your flesh. And Paul took plenty of time to talk about who you are today. He said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, this is how God sees me, as righteous, as perfect, as in his position. That's who we are. The word has made you clean. Let's keep going. Verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Here's where we're going tonight. We've been talking about the fruit. We've been talking about producing the fruit of the Spirit. How do we get the love and the joy and the peace, the patience, the the gentleness, the faithfulness, the self-control? How do we get those things evident in our lives? And last week we looked at the production process. Last week we looked at the production process of getting this fruit evident in our life. We already know that our spirit is capable of getting it. How do we make it evident in our flesh? How do we make it evident in our life? And we saw last week that if you are sowing the word, you will reap what? The word. If you sow the world, you will reap what? The world. As a man sows, shall he also reap. And we saw that every seed reproduces after its kind. An apple tree was not planted with an orange seed. The cotton plant was not planted by anything other than a cotton seed. It reproduces after its own kind. How can you tell what someone is sowing? By the fruit that they're revealing. Period. And so last week we we saw the one thing. Sow the Word. Be in the Word. There's, and I told you last week, I don't have a ten-step plan. I don't have, uh, you know, five easy steps to, to fix this or whatever. It's very simple. Get in the Word of God. And now we're seeing it repeated here. This is almost like the production part, process part two. Because look what he says. He's talking about fruit. He's talking about bearing fruit. Notice the whole... The whole goal of John chapter 15, 1 through 8, the entire goal is to bear fruit. That's what he's shooting at. That's what he's pointing at. This is how you bear fruit. And now we get here in verse 4, and he says, abide in me. Now, who is Jesus? We've done this before. Who is Jesus? We always look at Jesus as the man that walked on the face of the planet for 33 years. But that was 33 years out of his entire existence. And if you go to John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Then we skip down to verse 14. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, do not especially in this passage, do not get locked into Jesus when he says abide in me and I in you. Don't get locked into the man that walked on the face of the planet for 33 years. What he's saying is, is abide in my word and let my word abide in you. Then you will bear much fruit. What's the end result? Bearing fruit. But it only comes by abiding in the Word of God. But notice just the verse earlier, he said, you are already clean because of the Word. The same Word that makes you clean is the same Word that helps you bear fruit. The same Word that has already made you clean with the possibility and the opportunity to bear the fruit helps you actually bear that fruit. So this is the Word of God. He's saying, abide in me. Let's go to verse verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him does what? Bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. They gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my... Words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now look at this in verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified. By what? By you bearing fruit. When you bear fruit, who does it glorify? God. It glorifies the Father. That you bear much fruit. So that you will be my disciples. Look, being a disciple of Jesus, and we already saw this in Matthew chapter 7, being a disciple of Jesus is not qualified by how many signs and wonders are in operation in your ministry. Being a disciple of Jesus is not qualified by if you speak in tongues and have tongues and interpretation and signs and wonders and and how holy you seem. Being a disciple... Jesus says right here, is determined by if the fruit is evident in your life. Look, without the love, without the joy, without the peace, without the patience, you're not making Jesus known in your life. You're not identifying yourself as a follower of Jesus, and you're not glorifying the Father. Period. This is your process. This is what we're looking at. If you want to glorify the King, reveal the fruit of the Spirit. If you want to to glorify God, then you walk in love when someone talks about you behind your back. If you want to glorify God, then you have peace in a a situation that is not peaceful. There's no anxiety. There's no worry. If you want to glorify God, then you have self-control when you want to do that thing that you know you're not supposed to do. That's glorifying the Father. That's how we point to the King. And the last time I checked, as kingdom ambassadors, as representatives of the kingdom and the King, that is our number one job on this planet, is to point to the kingdom and point to our King. That's what we're pointing to. It's not about me. See, you, and you know, when, when, when you walk in love towards someone that, and they know they've treated you wrongly and they're expecting a response from you, that doesn't line up with the word, they're surprised. And you've just glorified the king. When when someone comes in with very disturbing news and you're at peace about it, who's getting the glory? God's getting the glory. You know that, and, and they know it. And some of you may have been in that situation where you glorified the king. You glorify God, and they know, wow, they're... They're, they're, you, must have, you must have something else going on. There, there's something different about you. They'll tell you that. They'll literally tell you that. And guess who's getting the glory? God. Not me. It's not because I have a, a, an awesome ability to take bad news and, and just think happy thoughts all the time. And we, we said this from the beginning that with the fruit, for the fruit to become evident... Know this, that the world is always going to bring you situations that are contrary to what the fruit. The the world is not a peaceful place. The world is not a joyous place. The world is not a loving place. There will always be opportunity for you to bear the fruit of the kingdom. Look at this here. If I can find the verse real quick. Let's go to verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit now. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Go down to verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and what? Bear fruit. Notice here that the king is waiting for His people to bear the fruit of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is living within you. God gave us His Holy Spirit so that we could reveal the fruit of the Spirit in this world. Being spiritual, being spiritual, being holy, being a kingdom citizen is all about being spiritual in an emotional moment. And I just said it, that this world is full of opportunities for you to respond contrary to the world. Every day. I mean, you can probably think of five different times today that you had an ability, that you had an opportunity to either give in to the world's response or to step up and give a response based upon the Word of God. And all that is strengthened within you, the ability to give according to the word, give yourself according to the word, is strengthened within you by you being in the word. That's why he said, abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. He wants, to, he wants his word to dwell in you, and that only happens by you dwelling in the word. Are we seeing that connection? If you make time to be in the Word, if you make time to open your Bible, if you make time to read it, if you make time to study and meditate on it, and not just read it just to read it, but to get in there and really desire knowledge, really desire to know the Word of the Kingdom, then that Word will dwell in you, and you'll find that you'll be in opportunities where love is hard to give, and you'll find yourself walking in love. You'll find yourself... in in worrisome and anxious situations, and peace comes up. You'll find yourself where everything surrounding you is wanting to push you to do what you know you're not supposed to do, and self-control just shows up. You know why? It's not because all of a sudden you realize how holy you are. It's not because uh, you have a gift of the Spirit inside of you. It's because you've been dwelling within the Word, and now you have planted the seed so the fruit can now come out. If you're wondering why the fruit's not showing up, it's because you're not planting the seed. Ask any farmer. Ask any of them. They'll tell you that if there's no fruit over here, it's because there was no seed planted. And we saw last week the parable of the sower that just because the seed goes in the ground doesn't mean the fruit's coming up. Right? That seed's got to go in, and then what do we got to do? We got to study it. We've got to understand it. The, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus said that the, the enemy comes in immediately to steal the seed that's sown. That means right now the enemy is already working to try to take away the seed that I'm sowing in you right now. I'm planting seed. And what you do with it when you walk out of here determines if we bear fruit of it. And we have to water it. We have to meditate on the word. You have to be a doer and apply the word, not just hear it. Remember last week we saw that those are some deceived people. If you hear the word and you don't apply it, then you actually think that you got something that you never did. You actually think that there's a seed within you that's actually not there. Either it got plucked up, it got choked out by the cares of the world. Trials and tribulations came and smashed smashed the seed down. So we have to get the seed in us, but now we've got to bear the fruit. And he's saying that bearing the fruit comes by abiding in the word of God. Abide in me and I in you. There's two things that will help you bear fruit. There's two things in life that will help you bear fruit or help the fruit come out. One is being in the word, dwelling in the word, abiding in the word. The second is the world. Did you know the world will actually help you? Understand this, that the world, it said the pruning and the correction helps you what? Bear more fruit. Did you know that the trials and the tribulations of the world actually help you bear fruit? Look, without the world giving you opportunity to bear fruit, you won't bear the fruit. Because if everybody walks in love towards you, then it's easy to walk in love, isn't it? If, if you never have anything bad happen to you, you never get any bad news, you never have uh, uh, any, any trials or tribulations in your life, then it's, it's easy to have peace. If you don't have any temptations and nothing that you're struggling with, then it's easy to walk in self-control. But know this, that the world gives you opportunities to bear fruit. And that actually helps you bear more fruit. That's why he says that even the fruit, even the tree that is bearing fruit, even if you're bearing fruit, the pruning, the pruning is the correction of God, is the the cutting away, and it's also the opposition or the hindrances, the trials and the tribulations. I'm going to tell you right now, the only way you're going to get better at your love walk is by walking in love with people. The only way you're going to to, uh, be able to be at peace in your life is by operating in peace when anxious situations come at you. The only way you're going to get better at using and utilizing self-control is by putting temptations down. It's very simple. And sometimes we we get angry about those things, or sometimes uh, 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 we, we don't see it for what it is. But you need to start thanking God. Every time someone doesn't walk in love towards you, Thank God I just have an opportunity to grow in my love walk. Every time you get bad news about something, thank God that I have another opportunity to to exercise peace in this situation, to put my mind at peace. Every time a temptation comes on you, and every time something tries to draw you away from the word and tries to get you to do something you know you need to put down, just go ahead and thank God. Thank God that that temptation is helping me grow in self-control. Because just as much as the Word of God is helping you grow in the fruit and bear more fruit, so is the world. And you might not even know it. And we miss it. And we miss it for what it is. Now that's not God putting those things, God is this, God placed this temptation on my life because He's trying to help me grow. That's not God. That's the world. Go ahead and see it for what it is. God's not trying to tempt you with something to see if you really love him. God's not bringing mean people in your life and a terrible boss so uh, he can help you work on your love walk. That's just the world. We know that there is another ruler of this world. There's an enemy that is controlling this world, and he's calling the shots. And we know that this whole thing is in a downwards trend, a downward spiral. It's the enemy. We don't put that on God. Well, God placed this sickness on me because He wants wants me to, uh, you know, learn to trust Him. Doesn't work that way. That Satan is the one who puts sickness. Satan is the one who come who has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. But we can use those opportunities to help grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Look, we need more believers that have a love walk. We need more believers that can. Have uh, uh, peaceful responses we, can, we, we need more believers that can operate in self-control and say, "You know what that thing used to battle me, that thing I used to struggle with that I, I used to be tempted to do that, but you know what? I have self-control operating in my life, and it's, it doesn't bother me at all. We need more believers that are, have joy i 'm tired of running into Christians that just have no joy. That aren't excited about anything. They're just as depressed as everybody else in the world. Nothing to look forward to. No future. My God said that He came to give me a future and a hope. That's the God I serve. And the only reason that we're not seeing that is because we don't have believers that are staying in this. Sowing this in their field so they can bear the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you in here want to bear the fruit of the Spirit? And we've got to start planning the Word. He said, abide in me, and I in you. Get my Word in you. Get yourself in my Word. Spend time with me. That's why he could say, I. Because, look, if I spend an hour reading the Word of God, I've just spent an hour with Jesus. And for some people, that might be hard. You know, it's just hard for me to get in the Word. It's just hard for me to read the Bible. Is it hard for you to spend time with Jesus? Let's build a relationship. Let's build a relationship there. And then you'll find yourself bearing the fruit of the seed that's sown. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this evening. I thank you that we desire to to bear fruit of the kingdom of God. And so we will sow what needs to be sown so we can bear the right fruit. Father, I thank you that we begin to look at opportunities and, and, and situations differently. That every time the enemy tries to bring something on us, every time something in the world happens that's contrary to the word, that we learn that that is another opportunity to reveal the fruit of the Spirit, to reveal the kingdom of God. And that we'll see employers and coworkers and family members begin to be in awe because we are abiding by kingdom law. That we're not limited to this world system. We're not limited and governed by having to respond uh, out of hate or having to respond out of worry or having to give in to temptation. But, Father, we can walk in love. We can have peace. We can have joy. This is a daily lifestyle for us. And every time an opportunity arises to respond in the natural, Father, because we have learned to abide with you, because we have learned to get your word within us, we will find ourselves responding according to your Holy Spirit who lives in us and enables us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah.